the thing I missed so much was having sex that didn't matter and sex that didn't matter because you know they're staying overnight you'll have another go tomorrow morning anyway that god I missed that so much and to me that's one of the like beautiful things about intimacy particularly like longer term intimacy is you can yeah it doesn't matter if you stop or take a break or one of you falls off the fucking bed and twists your ankle or gets cramp halfway through you know there will be another shag and you know where your next fuck is coming from so you don't have this high pressure every time you do it that you have to get it right and you have to impress them but first a word from our sponsors welcome to the man or podcast Shout out to the morning glories, the afternoon delights, and the late night snacks. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. The Naked Comedy Shows were, were great. Uh, shout out to everyone who came out. Chuck, your nudist friends. Uh, there was a young fellow named uh, Kenny or something that sounds like Kenny. Uh, all y'all who came out, uh, thanks for being such a great crowd. Very excited for the new year. And uh, our, our final show of the year, everyone, put it in your calendars now, December 1st. Those will be our last two shows of 2023. I'll let you know when tickets are on sale. Maybe the quickest fan whore appreciation moment, okay? Uh, before we get into this week's episode with Gotten, uh, I want to say a shout out. I want to say a thank you to Joe Barker. Any relation to Travis, I love his work. Thank you for supporting the Man Whore Podcast. Thank you for supporting me and a big old shout out to tracy tracy you know who you are uh tracy has become incredibly enthusiastic in the champagne room she is like we have a (laughs) we have a channel where we just water a virtual tree together and she only joined the server like a couple months ago month or two ago and she's like the leading tree waterer as opposed to all of us who have been watering this motherfucker for months and months and months. And she just shows up and boom, she's just, yeah, Miss Green Thumb over there. Thank you. Not only for watering Floyd, but for uh, for supporting me and my endeavors with this show. You want to know how nice Tracy is? I was complaining um, about a week ago. I had like a, a, a prescription issue getting... Uh, my Adderall again and some weird thing where like I had the wrong psychiatrist prescribed it. So instead of my insurance covering the script, I actually just had to pay the full price 90 bucks. And I was like, well, that I wasn't expecting to pay $90 after spending $90 on the psychiatrist. And, you know, so I was like, oh, well, I, I need the pills or <laughs> life's not going to start getting back on an uptick. So just fucking give it to me. And you know, I just complained and the wellness channel about that and Tracy Venmoed me 45 bucks to cover half of the script. So that's the kind of lady she is. And I, I, you know, I want to say uh, thank you. That was some kindness I needed on that day. You too can support me and the work that I do with this podcast on Patreon to ensure I keep banging out episodes for you every Wednesday. Membership begins at just $2 a month, and if you sign up for an annual membership, you pay it all up front, you get a discount for the year. Become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast, or download the Patreon app and find me on there. Here's a condensed version of the intro that I am, uh, I'm recording right now, just in case 
uh, when I'm doing post, I listen to that, I don't know, roughly 25 minutes of sharing and go, ooh, uh, nobody needs to be hearing that. Um, Billy's been on the sads. Billy's been a bit unproductive. And I think all of that has culminated in a lowered libido, a lack of sex drive, a laissez-faire attitude to fucking fannies. This week's guest is British, and fanny means the front part to them. That stuff, I think, has to do a lot with weed. I think it has a lot to do with sloth and food. I think that has a lot to do with stress and social anxiety. On the other side, though, I don't know if I'm ready quite yet for romance, but I do know I deeply miss having intimacy in my life. I miss having intimacy in my sex life. I miss having a connection. I found myself in a, in a pattern of sex states, and which is a pattern I'm used to. It's a pattern I've had for a long time and I've had no issue with, you know, I've had, I've, I've formed connections and then if we're not like dating, dating, but we're fucking, you know, well, we make plans to fuck or sometimes we make plans to go have a drink or two and then fuck. We're not going to the museum usually. And I think I had that with a couple people earlier this year. You know, I had someone who broke things off with me. I had someone where I removed the sexual element from our friendship and uh, and I had a lot of other things drop off. And so after like a nearly three month self-imposed dry spell, um, and I don't say this to be braggy or anything but it was just kind of like I, I i was turning down a lot of sex it was really weird i had like a week where i thought okay well let's try the sex thing again let's see what that's about i schedule a few things with some people someone who's been new and flirty in my dms a couple people that i've i've established some f- great i've had some really great sex with but in all of them, I just I just really struggled to connect. And struggling to connect made it a struggle to even physically perform. And that and after, you know, I, I gave I gave those the honest try, I realized, yeah. Come over and fuck is not maybe the speed right now. So yeah. Um I, I I was DMing with girl on the net anyway. She uh, helped me out with a Mashable article I recently published. And, um, you know, I mentioned this to her as a fellow sexual creator and asked if she could relate. She could and then offered to come back on the pod and discuss intimacy, sex, dare I say love. You may remember Girl on the Net from episode 417 of the Man Whore podcast. Uh, it's a great episode. It's part of why I was so excited that she offered to come back on because we have such a, I think, a really good rapport and I, I really a, a connection that I like. If you haven't already, definitely go uh, check out her blog, girlonthenet.com. And now let's go have a connection with Girl on the Net. It's weird to have the combination of worrying about, you know, who does this make me as a person without this thing that I am <laughs> so used to doing all the time. And also on top of that, just from a sheer like mercenary perspective, like how do I make money? Like when this is something that I do for a living, 
what happens to my career, what happens to, yeah, all of that kind of stuff when suddenly the idea of sex is just not as exciting anymore. It's like, what, am I going to have to get funny now? Ugh. <laughs> that sounds difficult. Uh, we're here again with Girl on the Net. If you if you don't remember that um, ugh, delicious voice, I think uh, you can go back to episode, I think it's 417, and you can hear uh, her first appearance on the show. Uh, but tell us, like, what, what is it that you do? What's your bread and butter? So I'm a sex blogger and predominantly what I do is I tell real life sex stories. So I talk about the sex that I am having and the sex that I have had. Um, sometimes I write sort of more thinky or ranty posts, but a lot of it is just basically straight up porn about my sex life. I also make audio porn at girlonthenet.com slash audio porn, which is basically turning my work and other sex bloggers work into audio to make it more accessible for people who are using screen readers. Um, so that's the kind of, that's predominantly what I do but I do bits and pieces of you know writing for other websites and freelancing sort of around that are all the stories that you share of yourself are they always kind of current like keeping you up to date or do you, are you going back to the well that's such a good question so ideally and usually they would be very current there's pretty much always a little bit of a time delay so like anything between a couple of weeks or a couple of months you know between when I had a particular shag and when I write about it but mostly yeah it's current however obviously when I'm going through a period where I find sex more difficult or where I just don't have anyone to shag then I have to sort of dig deep into the memory banks and try and remember stories that things that have happened to me that I haven't yet told the blog. Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure to keep coming up with new, fresh things like, oh, I've got to have, I, I better go out and have this particular kind of sex because I haven't had it for a while and I haven't had it to talk about and I want to be able to talk about it. I have not because I, I was never a fan of the idea of doing it for the bit. Uh, yeah. Even in comedy, you know, there's a lot of people who say, ah, you know, I'm going to do because hey, maybe I'll get a bit out of it. I would hear chicks talk about like going on dates just so they can get some stories for the stage. Right. And I that always just felt icky to me. And so when I started the podcast, I was never unless we were doing like a specific episode like the oral sex auditions. I mean, it was never for the bit. It was never for the pod. It was always uh, sincere sexual desire and sincere things I wanted to do. And yeah. What, what about you? Yeah, I, I mean, likewise, I've never really been a fan of doing that. I think there are certain things inevitably that come up that where I just sort of have to do it. So for instance, when I get sponsored by various sex toy companies, and they'll send me products and be like, can you write about this product? Mm -hmm. So with my ex, we used to have what he would sometimes refer to as chore sex. Where <laughs> we'd, we'd have a particular fuck because we needed to try out this like dildo or vibrator or, or cock ring or whatever. Um, so sometimes I would do that. But yeah, I'm the same. I, I want my blog to be an accurate reflection of like my desires and the sex that I want to have rather than me kind of performing you know I mean I do perform obviously mm. like I talk about myself for a living and so a lot of that is performance but I don't want the actual sex to be something where I have to you know go out and kind of make a shag happen just for the story and you also want the blog and I think I also want the podcast to be able to share the honest lack of sex as well yeah, 100%. Talking about that stuff can be really challenging 
on the blog because obviously a lot of what people are coming for is they want porn and they want that mm. yeah they want that like porny story um so being open and honest about the um lack of sex I think it's really important to do it and I think it's a really valuable thing to do but it can be a real challenge to do it particularly if it lasts for a long time you don't want a sex blog to just be like two months worth of me moaning that I haven't got laid <laughs> I actually I took a month off work um earlier on this year around March I remember I was, seeing that mm, it was a bit it was a quite a big decision and I was terrified of doing it because I always have this worry that like if I don't keep producing lots of new content everyone's going to disappear or mm. you know my blog traffic will go down and then that's you know 12 years of a career I've spent building just goes down the toilet um so basically what I did is I wrote up four sort of wank fantasies so fiction pieces are just about little stories that I tend to masturbate to and I scheduled them to go live and then I didn't do anything else for the whole month I just had that content automated to go up um and that was partly because around that time I was struggling so much with my mental health that I was just like well every time I sit down at my desk to write something all that comes out is this like scream of despair and that's not going to make for a very fun vlog. <laughs> um, I need to go and work work out the scream of despair until I before I can come back and do the sexy stuff again. Yeah, and and so I guess why we're why we're here, why you're back, other than you being delicious and awesome. But uh, you know, I we were DMing. Uh, you had just contributed to an article I wrote for Mashable about the show Naked Attraction. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the notes if people want to check it out. Mm -hmm. And and then you asked. You had the audacity to ask a terrible, scary question. Um, how are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you gave a very honest answer, which I respected a lot. I don't um, know how not to. I always fuck up that question in like casual company. Uh, but I say, just like Samuel Jackson once did, it's just if you don't want to hear scary answers, cease to ask scary questions. You know, right? how, how are you? Like I after COVID, after lockdown, I thought I thought we outlawed that question, you know. Twenty twenty people would text like, "Oh, how you doing?" I'd be like, "Fuck you, you know, you know." Why <laughs> yeah. don't ask that? Ask something better. We, did we? We all just faced almost death as a world together. Can we not open with with a more interesting, engaging question? Um, but whether or not you do that, I'll give you an engaging answer. And yeah, and I was I was sharing how I've. Uh, I've been very in and out of horny this year, but some particularly long stints and up until like, I don't know, still now recently, um, I've, I didn't want to connect with anyone, uh, socially, sexually, uh, romantically. I've been kind of holding myself up in my apartment in Bushwick, uh, a lot of the time and kind of meeting a lot of my bare minimum obligations, uh, and and I have finally kind of realized a few things about that where one, smoking pot daily for a few years, probably not great for a libido. Okay, that's a, that's a good thing to learn. But then also just, you know, I, I went through this big breakup uh, an embarrassing amount of time ago that I still don't seem to be over. Uh, or there's elements of it that are still linger. You know, you hear a song, I see a thing, I, um, what you know, I think of a place, mm. um, and so. Why do you um? Why do you say an embarrassingly long amount of time ago? Do, do you think there's like a right amount of time? 
there's not a right amount of time, but there are some wrong amounts of time. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, there's there's an element of like, oh man, I'm real sorry, but like when your therapist also acknowledges, like, yeah, you know, it has been a while. That's probably the amount of time that's too long. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, I would say like the the. I mean, there's like a lot of stages of the breakup. There were like three breakups. The final one was uh, a year and a half ago. And and that ended for sure, for sure, back in November. And uh, and then I, I made a play back in May, late May. Mm-hmm. That also kind of received the, the kindest, loveliest email that also said, like, this won't be happening. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it's... It, it, it's been a long time since like we actually broke up, uh, mm. but then I kept like holding on the hope and shit. Yeah, and that can yeah that can be hard when it's like there's no specific. It's not like here's one breakup and that's it, and then you get over it. Like that back and forward can make it a lot more difficult. This summer in particular, for some reason, like I just didn't. I didn't even really want to fuck anyone. I didn't want to connect, and um, and I just I'm realizing now that my cock very inconveniently is craving intimacy (laughs) the i word this is this is what i really i'm excited to talk about (laughs) because i found it so interesting when we were dming about this and you were talking about yeah having a a need for intimacy why do you think that is i'm very big on intimacy normally uh, and then i started trying to avoid elements of it for you know off and on for the last year and a half I remember my first like proper date uh, after getting vaccinated was with this woman, Meryl. And uh, and she did an episode of the podcast last year. It's very good. After, after having a video call and having a lot of chemistry, and we were both like so craving uh, to like kind of quote unquote safely be with someone again, we <laughs> we agreed on doing some uh, doing like love play. Ooh. Right. Like I, I went over to her place and like. We just agreed to kind of for like this one night to just like be in love and say that we love each other and like bareback. It was like, it was just like, just like act like we, you know, and it was hot and it was intimate. It was like, it was almost like we were both catching up on all the intimacy lost during lockdown. Ah, yes. That's so interesting. I feel like COVID and lockdown. So I feel like there is more of a trend. I don't like the word trend when it comes to sex. I feel like I've noticed in the last couple of years that people seem to enjoy more the stuff that I write, which touches on emotional intimacy and connection. Kissing is a huge thing. Um, I love, I want to find out a bit more about this love play. I know (laughs) you've talked about it a bit before, but like, yeah, what, what does that involve? I mean, bareback, obviously. I love that bareback is wrapped up in that because I think for me, bareback is wrapped up in intimacy as well. Like it's almost... It's, it's partly a way of reflecting that I've become more intimate with someone and also partly a way of ramping up intimacy. Mm. Like agreeing to bear back with someone is basically, I, I feel like that is me saying, I am comfortable with the idea of falling in love with you. Does that sound mm. weird? <laughs> I mean, I, I would never use the word weird for it. it. I totally understand what you're saying. For me, I think it will be more about trust than, uh, yeah. than, than love um, when I fluid bond it's just more of a matter of like do I really trust my health to be our health right we we had matched on Bumble 
started kind of feeling out, you know, some of these elements. And then she wanted to do a video call. It was actually the only time I've done a video first date because I hate, I hate that. Oh, you wow. And I, are, I hate that we're not in the same room right now. Like, I dislike this whole, you know, all these publicists are like, oh, but could we do, we could totally do remote. And I'm like, I didn't start a podcast that have a phone call every week. You know, that's that's <laughs> not what I got into this for because in person there can be an intimacy that is stronger than like over the phone, right? Yeah. And like yeah. that's, I got into this to connect with people. Like that's what I want. And I, I don't want to be someone's like fourth call of the day that they're 40% in, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, I so. know what you mean. It's it is better. I mean, if I weren't in London, then we could do this in a room. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It is easier, and there are lots of different ways you can connect when you're in person that aren't just talking. Like body language and eye contact and all that right. stuff is so important. And being a little bit spectrum me myself, it's like it's I I need some of that. But um, geez, uh, teasing me with the prospect gotten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so no, we did a video call. I mean, it ended up being like, I think two or three hours. Like we, we really clicked. And then it was, okay, crazy idea. What if we build this container where like, we just kind of be emotionally irresponsible for one night. And we agree that like, when I leave your place the next morning, it, that is done. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it, it just kind of worked and it worked for that night it worked for what it was, mm. and, I, and I'll be honest. Like it felt like you know I don't want to um, harp on on that experience too much, but just like it felt like I it didn't feel like I was just saying I love you. It was like I felt like I was in love with this person, and when I left her place, I didn't feel like I was in love with her anymore. Oh, not in a weird shame way. Just it, it felt like that could live in the box that we decided to put it in, and I okay. don't know if I could ever replicate it. You know, because I I think COVID was such a strong circumstance of it all. So it was just like a really special thing that might never repeat. And like, I'm okay with that. Okay. No, that's so interesting, though, because we do it with other things. We do it with power play. Like the number of times I've like played a scene with people where we agree that, you know, for X amount of time or for this evening, I am your little bitch and you can do whatever you want to me. But then at the end of that time, you know, we'll snap out of it and we'll be equals again. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that with something I've never done it with something like love and I don't know how I would cope with it because I think um, I think I wear my emotions very close to the surface and mm-hmm. I think I would really struggle with that I would I would struggle being able to detach at the end I think then on Friday night I had my naked comedy shows in Bushwick and then I did end up fooling around with someone after the show in oh. in the showroom, uh, like after everyone cleared out. Uh, <laughs> so you broke you broke your streak after we talked about yeah. Uh, well, it, the streak had already been broken. Okay, so timeline wise, I'm I'm going to be editing out all sorts of bodily sounds from both of us. This is great. Okay, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, no, if I weren't too. so ill. It would be easier. We're both being disgusting. It's so intimate. I like it. <laughs> Yes. Um, this was happening all summer where people would hit me up and they want to like set plans, but I know the plans are sex plans, right? It, it wasn't like, oh, let's go to the museum or let's have a date night or let's, uh, wh- hey, let's all get. It was always like, hey, you want to mm. f- hook up on this date? And the concept of scheduling the sex was giving me a lot of anxiety. I don't know why. It, I normally 
loved setting up sex dates. It was a very regular thing for me for a very long period of time. And all of a sudden this year, it's just, it kept freaking me the fuck out. Like, oh no, what if I'm not going to be horny on Thursday at 4 p.m.? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. As opposed to like, hey, want to hang out? Go do X or Y or Z. Hey, want to go axe throwing? Okay, well, I know I could do that. But um, hey, want to like come over? Hey, can I come over and let's do stuff at this time on this day? Was freaking me out. Um, You know, they say in comedy, you know, like what's the difference between like the funny guy at the office and and an actual stand-up comedian is like the comedian can be funny at 8 p.m. on Friday night. Yeah. I don't have to like sincerely be in any mindset. I can always, you know, be ready to go on stage and make people laugh. But the idea of like, I have to, because I have to be invested too. I have to be ready to connect because otherwise the dick's not going to be hard. I mean, I can always make plans mm. to eat pussy. That doesn't require uh, certain physiological functions. Yeah. It's one of the things I'm always very grateful for when I'm fucking is that I don't have that kind of pressure. There isn't a sort of, you know, you have to get hard. I feel really sorry for anybody who has to get hard in order for that, you know, the particular type of sex they want to have to happen. Um, it must and be a huge It's not even about the sex I want to have to happen. It's the sex I'm perceiving they want to happen. Mm. The women I'm with, uh, generally speaking, are all very cool, chill, sex positive people. No one's going to like be pissy at me. You know, I've had women yell at me for not having having sex with them in bed before but like the women in who you know in my life right now wouldn't do that but can i just interject right that firstly that is so shocking to me that somebody would yell at you multiple women if you gender flip that that is absolutely terrifying absolutely and i find it so i've recently uh, met somebody who has similar stories about women who uh, shamed him for not getting hard or shamed him for, um, yeah, not wanting sex or not being able to have sex. And this is something I feel like I need to talk about more on my blog because I've never, I mean, I just don't think I've ever been in that position. I've been sad sometimes, particularly when I was younger, if a guy couldn't get hard because, mm. you know, I've been told by society that that means I'm not sexy enough. But um, the idea that women are out there shaming people and shouting at people for not being able to get an erection on command. Oh, is... that's not why I was yelled at. I was yelled oh, at because really? they we'd be fooling around and then they want to escalate the PIV. And I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that particular sex act tonight. Um, and like, like I'd be fingering them and they'd be like, I want to fuck you. And I might say, oh, I don't think I want to do that tonight. Oftentimes it would be if, like it's our first time fooling around together and i've had multiple women raise their voices at me wow that's just uh, absolutely gobsmacking i've actually never had anyone yell at me for not getting hard i've I've only been yelled at for uh not giving consent (laughs) and that is absolutely appalling it's just so appalling the way we conceive of consent when it comes to men is absolutely fucked yeah um but, and the yeah. problem is, like, it, it, we would think, oh, talking about it's going to help fix it. I don't know, because, like, I think the only women who are going to, like, be more conscientious about that are the women who, like, kind of already are. And the women who would yell at me aren't listening to you. The reason why I don't try to say, hey, ladies, y'all need to listen up is because the ones who will listen are already being cautious. And then they're just going to become overly cautious. Like this young mm. woman I was with on Friday night who was so sweet and was Const- constantly checking in she's 24 so she's part of that 
generation that I think is so consent minded. Um, and so she was like, it was very cute. She just really kept checking in asking, is this okay? Can I do this? Can I, you know, can I touch your penis? I was like, oh, yeah, like, th- like this is nice. It's a little extra than needed, but I was like, that's, that's fine with me. Tried to give her carte blanche. She still kept checking in. Th- that's great. But the problem is like, I, I think the 44 year old version of her who is already maybe being frustrated, they're not getting exactly what they want in bed and then like yelling at me for it. I don't think that person's hearing us talk right now. What I want to say, you're absolutely right. And the people who are, as a general rule, the people who are doing awful things like yelling at people for not giving consent and riding roughshod over people's consent, they're probably not listening to this podcast. But there will be a lot of men listening to this podcast who potentially haven't heard that message or haven't internalised the message that actually your consent matters too. I once had a man um, contact me via my blog, basically saying he had met this woman or they were talking online and they were planning this sex scene together and they were going to have sex. It's going to be amazing. And he was really excited that she wanted to fuck him. Um, But the scene that she had painted basically was him being really aggressive. It was sort of kind of a kidnap slash ravishment scene. Um, It was very intense. It was a lot to ask of someone from a dominant perspective. And she basically said to him, you have to do it exactly like this. Otherwise, it will ruin everything. And he was like, I really want to have sex with her. Like, you know, I'm, I'm hot for this and I know I should really want this, but she says it's going to ruin everything if I don't do it exactly the way that she wants and I'm not sure what to say and I'm not sure what to do. And I had to write to him saying, just so you know, my lovely, your consent matters too. Your consent is important. And just because you've agreed to have sex with her, that doesn't mean that you have agreed to every single thing that she wants. You have, doesn't mean you've agreed to do the sex exactly how she wants to. Like your consent matters and you are allowed to say no to this. It doesn't make you any less of a man. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you an ungrateful person. It's not like sex is this precious gift she's offering you and you should be glad for what you're given. No, you know, you're allowed to articulate your own needs. So yeah, so I just feel like it's important. It is important to say it even just so that men hear that message and when they're in that position, being able to feel like actually yeah you are allowed to say no you are allowed to walk away and you are allowed to tell the person who's yelling at you in bed that they're being a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, I hey i've tried to invite in one of those uh one of those women uh actually i've invited i tried to invite a couple of these women on the show and then they declined because they, they you know they know but so, so <laughs> you know part of the anxiety for me has been um i oh gosh what if i'm not gonna be horny on saturday night at this time and then like i am disappointing them um or like i'm i'm not giving them exactly what they want you know and so i end up here's the here's the here's the downside of being decent to good at like oral and fingering and such is i feel like when you do that well enough then makes them really want to fuck now you know uh, and and then I'm like, oh shit! Like this, I can just do till the cows come home. And I need connection to like, especially these days, to get hard and be able to do that. And so like on Friday night, this woman kind of hung around the show uh, when we were done, and I'm supposed to be cleaning up. Some other audience members are hanging around and chatting with me about how they they enjoyed the show and this that and the other thing. She's just kind of like smiling making some eye contact and just like hanging tight and i can tell like okay she at minimum wants to talk to me 
herself but is probably hanging around with her tits half out, you know, because she maybe is interested. And when when everyone else cleared out, like we kind of we sat on the couch, we talked for like an hour and a half before okay. we even started making out. So you got that connection, you got that opportunity to connect. Yeah, yeah, I got to get to know her a bit. She got she got to know me a bit. I I know she's interested, and 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 to quote the movie, definitely maybe I have a thing for people who have a thing for me. So as I yeah. understand that, now I'm turned on. I'm in this robe because again, naked comedy show. So I'm like in a robe, and like my dick's hard, and it's like occasionally popping out and I'm covering up and <laughs> even though she's just seen my penis for the last you know hour and a half on stage and um and then eventually yeah like I was like I, you know I want to ki- you know we kiss and we make out and then um I started undressing her and I went down her and fingered her and even then we didn't jump to my dick stuff I was like this is cool and but even while like my hands inside of her I am thinking like I'm a little nervous of like what happens when she wants to play with my cock Okay. And when, and when we were done, like we went outside, we talked more. We went outside. I showed her the backyard, and like only then does she finally, during that makeout, ask if she can she can touch me. And then I'm saying yes, and you know, and, and then we had a, a, a wonderful time, and everybody came, and yay, yay, yay. Uh, but but I haven't really, you know, even with like the the really cool, very sexy people, I've I, I don't know if I should say like have access to have sex with, but like. Um, you know, they're great all, but like, I don't know. I've just been like having trouble connecting on that intimate level. Cause I feel like we've been just jumping to sex stuff and it, it's been hard for me to want to, to fuck. And then, you know, I feel like I'm, yeah, I don't know, letting down. That's not, uh, that's not hot. I think, yeah. I mean, so the letting down is, is super interesting, but it's, I, I kind of want to explore a bit this, like intimacy is like there is almost like there's a layer of stuff I I feel similarly like there have been periods of time in my life when I have had lots of sex with different people particularly like last time when I was single before I met my ex I shagged loads of different people and I was comfortable doing that and had a great time doing that and then more recently I have been a bit slutty since I broke up with him and like I've had a few different partners and I've slept with a few different people. But I've also found recently there is just, it's almost like there's a barrier um, that's stopping me from leaping into sort of enthusiastically slutty sex. Mm-hmm. And I need more of that. Yeah, connection, talking. To me, talking is foreplay and talking is more valuable foreplay than almost anything else that I could do with somebody. That's why um, a great first date is so fucking hot because like you end up, remember college or uni, like you, you're, you're like 20 and you take someone to bed and you're making out, yeah, but you then like talk for six hours before you even do anything. Yeah. So it's like three 30 in the morning before like people get naked. Yeah. You're so turned on by the connection of this new person. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. That sort of being able to just, yeah, talk, put things, um, put sex on a back burner and just mm-hmm. focus on talking. So I, I recently, I have recently acquired a boyfriend. I'm very pleased with myself. Acquired? He's How much? <laughs> <laughs> he cost my whole heart. Uh, no, he's great. And um, I actually, I got set up with him on a blind date. Amazingly. Um, we got set up and I had said and had been saying for a while, I mean, I hadn't really been having sex with people for a a long time because I, 
to I'm sort of struggling and want more of an intimate connection so I'd said to myself a while ago I'm not gonna have sex on the first date Um, that's just a blanket rule I'm not going to sleep with anybody on the first date partly because yeah I want this kind of intimacy and connection and also partly just because I was very aware that like I often found myself having sex with somebody on a first date or early on in a relationship Mm -hmm. just to sort of get it out of the way like I like to me the best sex I have with someone will never be the first time it will be like the hundredth time the thousandth Mm. time the ten thousandth time I like that you know the freedom that comes when you can connect with someone really deeply and you know them really well but so because of that we our whole the whole of our first date we could I could just focus on getting to know him and talking to him then our second date we went for like a walking date and we went to the pub and then we had dinner and we had you know I don't know eight or nine hours of just hanging out and chatting and talking and finding out more about each other before we even you know had a snog like we just talked and talked the hands on the thigh the arm touches all those like initial physical contact where you're like this is gonna lead up to a snog i don't know when it's gonna be but like it's happening i'm excited for whenever that happens it's like eight to nine hours of fucking edging just to have someone's (laughs) tongue in your mouth yes oh my god yes and that little those little tiny little movements and gestures and yeah like accidentally brushing against their skin or like them shifting a bit closer to you on the sofa oh my god honestly all of that I love yeah. it so much. I love it so much. And, and so, yeah, it, 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 dry spells in our line of work, you know, like you described earlier, can be worrisome both from the normal human level everyone might be thinking about, and but then also creatively. And so, you know, I just wrote down my, on my in my notebook, you know, they talk about creator burnout. And then there's, you know, I feel like for sluts like us, um, <laughs> Card carrying, uh, uh, verified uh, slutty people, there could be sex burnout. Yeah, I think so. Although I'm not, so I'm not sure. I don't think for me, for me, the reason that I started struggling with this, I don't think it was a burnout thing. It wasn't Mm. like I've been having too much sex or having too kinky sex. I think for me, it was a combination of, firstly, Everything is terrifying. The world is terrifying. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, everything is full of horror. Here in the UK, we have massive, massive cost of living crisis. Our government are an absolute shit show. Everything is cruelty and horror and pain. Um, And so it's just very hard to get into a kind of sexy headspace. And at the same time, um, so I was dating a few different people and I was also on dating sites, dating sites, absolute shit show, fucking awful, really, really difficult to get any kind of connection with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I was um, basically I was stealthed by somebody um, mm. who was I thought was a friend of mine. Um, now, if, so- if somebody for some reason doesn't know what stealthing is still. Oh, yeah. So stealthing is when somebody either removes the condom partway through sex or um, doesn't put one on, pretends to put one on, but doesn't. Basically, Mm. it's when you have consented to sex with a condom and the other person deceives you in some way into having sex without a condom. In Mm. the UK, it's technically rape. I think in the US, it might depend on which state. There might be different state laws. Some would be assault and some would be rape. Um, it's incredibly common. I, I, I will be posting about it on my blog at some point soon. Mm. Um, and it is, yeah, it, sadly, it is astonishingly common. Um, but obviously that combined with 
all this other stuff, I think just sort of put me in a place where I didn't, I, the idea of meeting somebody new and hooking up with them and putting that kind of physical effort into somebody where I wasn't getting any kind of emotional connection or friendship or closeness, it just felt to me like not it like it wouldn't be fun it felt like it was going to be a slog you know all the men on field that I was chatting to I had men who were like asking me within three messages if I did anal and I'm like you don't even know what I do for a living yet like you haven't asked me anything about myself but you want to know if I if I take up the ass apart from anything else I would never answer that question until I've seen the size of your dick I don't understand why people but the answer to that question is always depends on the size of your dick anyway um but so I just I felt I felt like I was going out into the world like on dating sites or whatever and trying to make some sort of connection with people and just constantly running into these like you know um for want of a better word fuck boys um and it wasn't fun like fundamentally sex is meant to be fun and the reason I do the job I do is because I love sex and I find it fun and I think at the time like just a lot of the joy had gone out of it I had a couple of sort of regular-ish partners with whom I could have really fun sex like one guy who is someone else's husband that she lent me um he popped into town occasionally and we would fuck and he was brilliant I had another guy who I was sort of regularly-ish dating and he was great but there wasn't anybody like no nobody there was going to fall in love with me and mm. nobody there was going to be able to give me the kind of intimacy that I felt like I needed in order to have really good sex. Like I could have slutty sex with loads of different people, but in order to have good sex, I think I sort of realized like I, I do need more, particularly at this point in my life. I just need more in terms of connection. Mm -hmm. The brain, the brain needs to be turned on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, and again, so like this year, I've, I mean, I've had some people where, um, there were a couple of people where I felt intimately close to, and one kind of cut things off because I wasn't romantically available, and the other, I, I took sex off the table in our friendship because there was some other complications going on and some stuff going on with her. And I felt like I, that, you know, that, combined with where I was at, I wanted to remove the sex part from, our, and I think our friendship is, um, I, I'm feeling more comfortable now in it. And, but then there are some women where we, you know, we're friends, we're friendly. We have some real, we were having really great sex together. All of a sudden I'm having trouble getting the brain to stimulate. Uh, like we're skipping the brain part and just jump into the, to the bodies mm. and, and I, I couldn't get in there. And, you know, and so, you know, I, I got this, you know, I was on this like three month dry spell. I, I got this BJ in Vegas. Okay. And, um, uh, but then, you know, I was like, let's try it. So I scheduled some sex dates and uh you know the the saturday at 8 p.m type of thing yeah and tried but you know various levels of difficulty getting the brain to turn on um and then and then i'm so then i'm kind of almost like going through the motions of mm. of sex like you know i'm doing this parts that i don't need to be that turned on by um you know fingering and giving oral and and making out which doesn't mean like i'm not having a good time like i have a lot of fun giving pleasure to someone but it's more like i'm doing something fun with a friend like a yeah. puzzle yeah uh, you know it's like we're doing a puzzle together where if i if i just can do all the things right and you clench your thighs tight enough uh, we give you an orgasm and and then we see oh it's a sailboat 
right? But then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was I was not getting like mentally stimulated enough where then I could have an erection and fuck. Um, you know, I ordered some blue chew just to like. Okay, let you know. I hate giving an unpaid shout out, but uh, you know, just like like have some backup, and yeah. even then, you know, some that's when I know I need to. I, something's going on because you know what a lot of people don't realize is the Viagra stuff or generic whatever brand you buy. That stuff, it doesn't. You take it now. You have a boner. It's you take it, and it will make it a whole lot easier to get, and more importantly, maintain your boner. But you still gotta get aroused. Yeah. And so I was still at moments having trouble getting aroused, and I've got two blue chews in me, you know. And so, yeah. and that's when I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. That's when, and I think that's when we were DMing, and I was like, I can name it now, and it's that my cock is craving connection, and that, ah, inconvenient. <laughs> you have any idea how many sex parties I've been skipping? I tapped myself out of a out of an orgy pile a few months ago because I was like, I'm just not in it, and I'm a, I'm a just I'm a tap myself out, coach. <laughs> I think it's I think it's so important to be able to do that though, and I think one of the things that I mean we do we do kind of talk about it a bit in sex positive circles, but I don't think we talk about it enough. It's just the idea that like it's actually it's okay to just step back if you just don't fancy it. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to have a specific reason. And obviously if you've got a dick saying I'm not able to get hard, like that is pretty much always a excuse the pun, a solid reason for like tapping out. <laughs> um but I think the idea like I will do quite a lot more these days than ever in my 20s. In my 20s, I think if I was having sex that I didn't, that I wasn't really enjoying or that I wasn't like super into, I think I had this thing in the back of my mind that like, well, I should keep going anyway because, you know, we're here now and we're naked Mm. and his dick's in me, so we should just keep going. Whereas I think these days, I am am a huge fan of like pausing. I, I will pause sex a lot. Pause because I need water, pause to change position or do this, or sometimes sometimes to change the music, be like, this music isn't hot enough. Let's That is let's, very fair. <laughs> let's change Spe- the music. Let's move Especially you're using a Spotify playlist you're unfamiliar with, you know? It's like I'm not <laughs> Or I'm not, or 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 worse, you know. I don't know. I don't have Spotify Premium always, so it's like, you, you ever like fuck to a Geico commercial by accident? Not, not hot. <laughs> oh, do you know? I that is one of the few things in my life. I'm a very poor, starving artist, but one of the few things I will splash out on is Spotify, so that I don't have ads in the middle of a fuck. Mm-hmm. I care so much <laughs> about fuck music. Um, but yeah, so like, I think it's really important to be able to, to normalize this kind of pause stop I'm actually not feeling this I had this quite recently actually I was I don't I can't, I don't know what it was I think both of us were just in a slightly weird mood and we hadn't seen each other for a while but my guy came round and we like had a bit of a spliff and a bit of a chat and we started making out and I sort of checked in with him a couple of times I was like are you okay are you sure you're okay because I just sensed that he was a little bit off or he wasn't like responding to me in the way that that he normally would I was like are you okay and he was like yeah, yeah I'm fine and then he sort of still seemed a little bit off. And I was like, you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Like, you don't need to keep asking me. And eventually I was just like, okay, I'm going to pause because you say you're fine, but something just doesn't feel right to me. And I can't put my finger on what it is. But it just doesn't feel right. Can Were we you just able pause? to put your finger in it and find it? No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, later, yes, I was. Um, but yeah, basically we just, we paused, we stopped. Like 10, 15 minutes later, I started making out with him again and I felt it and it was fine. And mm. I think doing that kind of thing 
to me, that is a way of building intimacy, being able to stop, take a breath, go for a glass of water, have a little laugh at yourselves, like fail, get back up, try again. All of that stuff to me is part and parcel of what makes sex collaborative. And I think that makes it more intimate because you're not then performing for somebody, you know, in in your head going, my dick's not hard and I'm not into this and maybe I should just finger them or I should just eat them out. Or in my case, I would, I've given a lot of blowjobs when I'm not really feeling a shag. Um, rather than doing that, being able to be a bit more upfront about it and use that as a springboard for more connection and say, do you know what? I'm not feeling this right now. I don't know why. How about we just go upstairs, lie on the bed, listen to some tunes and touch each other without fucking or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I like it when people do that. I wish men would do that more with me. The number of times I've been with a guy and sorry, this is very cis normative. I've I've mostly slept with cis guys. Um, but the number of times I've been with a guy and we've been making out and I can tell that he's struggling to get hard. Like eventually you just sort of tell. You can start to tell and you're like, oh, okay, he's clearly struggling a bit with this or feeling a bit uncomfortable. But I always have to be the one to call it because for understandable reasons, they don't usually like saying and saying, oh, I'm struggling to get hard right now. Let's pause. Um, but I would like that. I would like more of that, more sort of proactive communication. Like I need more intimacy. I need more time. I need more conversation. I need more foreplay. Yeah, but in the is. moment, sometimes like when when you are struggling, like I'm not weird about boners. I I, I don't have the. I, th- I think I've progressed past what the normal hangups are. But I will say when when she does, when I can tell she's doing what you just described, where she's picking like, hey. You're all right, or hey, we could take a pause, right? Like she can tell the we're struggling with the erection part. It it feels like the coach is coming up to be like, hey, come come sit a few plays out. No, 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 it's okay. We're gonna put you back in. Just you know, <laughs> take get some water. You know, here's a, here's an oxygen mask. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you feel like it's like I'm sorry, coach. You know, I thought it was <laughs> I didn't stretch. <laughs> is that okay so i don't because i don't i don't know sports very well is that a good thing or is that a bad thing is it good uh, when the coaches like take a break well, or is that it, bad it's it's more like when you're well it depends on the sport because like i think in your footy game like um when you come out of the game you're you're out you don't get to go back in yeah. uh but like say my the sport of my choice uh american football you know you you come in and out each play and so uh basketball similarly and i don't know i i played sports when you're a competitor, you don't want to come out. I mean, they're, they're like these pro athletes. Sometimes they play with like, a, we find out after the game, they had a broken something, you know, ha- half the game, but they don't want to come out because they're a competitor. They're a warrior. They want to fucking win. They want to oh, fuck. They want to okay. do the thing. And so sometimes coach might, you know, seize your hobbling and you're sometimes they are responsible for their bodies. And they, they say they hobble off and go, coach, coach, get someone else in. Well, sometimes a coach has to pull a guy and say, like, fucking let's check you out. Hey, gets uh, you seem like you're a little tired. Take two or three plays off, whatever. Okay. Uh, because, you know, that, that was like you can sustain for an entire match or an entire game. Uh, so, so you know, depending on the person, you, you, you don't okay. want to get pulled out the game. You know, you, you want to fucking fight. But, and sometimes you need a coach to remind you. And that's why women maybe should run the world. Because, like, you'll tap me out and go... <laughs> Let's get some water. Let's uh, let's play a game. Let's do some. Well, so, okay. <laughs> we'll get back to the dick stuff. <laughs> so now that I now that I understand the analogy a little bit better, I I love it. I think there's something about so to me, basically, yeah. To me, 
the difference between a, a casual fuck where you're just like you're meeting someone you it's probably only going to be one night you're just going to go at each other and then you're going to finish versus a genuine something that is built on genuine intimacy is partly the difference between this like performance style fucking where you're just trying to impress somebody and you're mm. you're having sex to them or for them whereas something more intimate where you can acknowledge, you know, that something might be going wrong or you're kind of using these little stumbling blocks as a um, route to better connection. That's more about sex as a collaborative thing. So you're having sex with them. Um, And to me, a lot of this is wrapped up in intimacy, like being able to be honest when things are not going the way you want them to, or being able to take a pause, being able to have a fuck what well, god one of the things i missed this so much when i was being a bit a slut in my most recent phase the thing i missed so much was having sex that didn't matter and sex that didn't matter because you know they're staying overnight you'll have another go tomorrow morning anyway mm. that god i missed that so much and to me that's one of the like beautiful things about intimacy particularly like longer term intimacy is you can, yeah, it doesn't matter if you stop or take a break or one of you falls off the fucking bed and twists your ankle or gets cramped halfway through, you know there will be another shag and you know where your next fuck is coming from. So you don't have this high pressure every time you do it that you have to get it right and you have to impress them. Oh, you bring up such good points. There's like one, there's this one thing I I definitely want to talk before we wrap up, but there's two things you said that are just like screamed at me. One is, um, you know, Intimacy doesn't mean romantic, and it, 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 right? It, it's not this automatic intentionality of like I, I I'm intimately connected. and I'm hoping we're dating. Like mm. I I felt connected to this woman on Friday night. That's why I was aroused, and that's why I wanted to play around instead of clean up all the chairs and go home. Right? Yeah. Um, and and now she's moving to a whole other city. I think uh, today or yesterday. Right? And and I knew that. So there was no misconception about like oh what happens after tonight. It's like just like with that woman with the love play. It's cool that this is just going to be here, but like if we're going to be here, let's be connected. Even if it's for this one night, this one week, or if it is something longer term or, or romantic. Uh, and then the other thing is the idea of, you know, intimacy and all the, you know, talking about conversations. I, I, I'm not surprised that there have been some times when like I've clicked with the guests so hard and I I'm, not the aggressor in these because I'm, I'm always like, I like my job more than I want to hook up with someone. But there have been women who have made some pretty overt moves after we talked for an hour, hour and a half on mic in person. And and then stuff happened when we turned the mics off uh, mm-hmm. because we just like shared an intimate conversation with each other for this period of time. And like, yeah, yeah. it can be arousing uh i mean frankly that's you know no no big deal i don't know if i'm talking out of school but i was like you know when we finished recording i was like ah shit like gotten am i crushing a little bit you know i don't even know what the fuck she looks like you know <laughs> like, it's like does she actually you. have a pointed chin like your avatar or not i don't know but like i know not only is her voice delicious but like i felt like we had a real cool fucking rapport last time and i really enjoyed uh chatting with you like that's yeah, a, we i don't know chats we had good Ma- chats maybe i maybe i've just been done a lot of things and had a lot of sex but like at this point that is is just such more of a turn on to me than um a hundred percent and yeah i mean i i agree as well like i think yeah these kinds of chats i mean 
let's let's go back to one of my biggest bugbears about dating that I think this is where this comes from is I've been on so many dates with men or phone dates particularly because these days I'll phone date before I in person because yeah there were so many men who were terrible at this but I I've had so many dates with men where they don't ask me any questions at all they sort of perform for me and tell me stories and I find myself constantly asking questions kind of draw them out themselves and so I think doing interviews and podcast interviews there is instantly a level of intimacy and pleasure in speaking to somebody who's asking me questions and I know this sound always sounds like oh the bar is so low and it is low it the is. bar is low <laughs> but um but yeah there is something there's something very warm and intimate about somebody asking you questions and being interested in your opinion and yeah I think as I said at the start, like th- this does feel like it does feel like there is more of a trend towards intimacy. I know lots of people in my personal life and people who are readers of my blog who are chipping in saying, I want connection. Like, this is what I want right now. I'm interested in finding someone who, sure, I can have dirty, kinky, hot, filthy sex with, but who I also have this level of connection and intimacy with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think quite a lot of us could do with yeah enjoying the conversational stage a bit more like treating these kind of com- like conversations and dates as foreplay and as a you know a way to build intimacy in and of itself um i think when we start to recognize the value of it maybe some of us will get better at it cough cough mm-hmm. straight men on dating <laughs> sites <laughs> Like I can be at a, I mean, this is real. I can be at a gangbang and I'm trying to get into it. But if I got to like make her laugh before we got started, or if at some point like we make out or she gives a comment specific, like that's when I'm turned on and aroused. Like, hey, there's seven dudes around here. But for a moment, like I got to have some kind of moment to grab onto. Now Mm. I'm excited to to be one of the three dicks inside you. You know, that's yeah, that's <laughs> I, that's what I need for a game. I'm an intimate gangbanger. What can I say? Uh, but but so, th- you know, there's, I saw that, I watched this movie last night and, and maybe this is where we can land um, called No Hard Feelings, uh, star, starring uh, Jennifer Lawrence, right? Uh, and oh, yeah. So it's this thing where like the parents put out Craigslist ad. They were like, look, can you please bang our son before he goes to college? He's very awkward. We'll give you this car. And she's an Uber driver who gets her car repossessed. And so she needs a car. And she's like 32 and he's 19. No big deal. And so uh, the whole movie's about this. And now the kid's so fucking frightened and fragile and soft. And by the movie, he goes through his character arc. And I was just sitting there thinking about like, he is the, he is turning down sex as being truly thrown the fuck at him because the sooner she fucks him sooner she gets this car and he's like making it difficult he's making her work for it and he doesn't know it and he's not confident in his like lack of being able and ready to give her the sex he knows she wants and i was thinking about the guys who not as a pickup artist thing but like and aren't like purposefully doing a thing but a guy who like just has maybe decided to be purposeful with whatever sex he's having and may turn a woman down or like say not yet in this confident suave way. Um, it will come off as like intriguing, like what? He doesn't want to fuck me. Now I want to fuck him more. Not to use it as a move. It just happens to be often a, 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 an effect of it. And I, I, mm. I thought when I was going to bed last night about like almost like chaste confidence, like the confident, how I say no thank you 
can change a lot because I could be like, hey, you know, real soft and really apologetic and just like I'm going through a lot of things right now and they had this like bad breakup and so my dick is having a hard time working sometimes without my brain connecting, blah, blah, blah. A lot of women are going to be understanding, but a lot of them will then also be turned off by the meek and mildness and just unsure mm -hmm. as opposed to if I can constantly be like, hey, you know, I'm, I just right now would prefer a little bit more connection or hey i don't want to do that yet um i was yes. able to do this earlier like in my mid-20s in early 20s actually and and i'm maintaining that there's an attraction to me um even though i'm not giving them the sex they want but i'm not sorry to use this parlance i'm not being a little bitch about it <laughs> and so so she can still want to fuck me when i'm ready to fuck as opposed to being okay not fucking me and then ready to go off and find the next dick Okay, no, I does see. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think, obviously, I have to question the phrase of being a little bitch about it. <laughs> I think it is okay to turn down sex for any reason, however you want. But yes, I. Right, but, yeah. but no, but women would all be like, yes, it's okay to do that, of course. I'm just saying, like, when you see the, like, it's the whole, like, nice guy thing where, you know, you're, you think the guy's really respectful and nice and whatever, but you're not going to fuck him because he's just not, you know, he's almost, whether he's not confident or he's not decisive uh, or, or something like that. And so they'd be like, no, that was so valid. And I really think you're a great guy and someone should fuck you. Not going to be me, but, and I don't, <laughs> and probably not any of my friends, but you know, someone probably should fuck you as opposed to the person who's kind of a little more confident mm. about things. And then it's like, I want to fuck that confident person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are definitely hot ways to do it, like decisive yeah. hot way. Like rather than saying, I'm so sorry, I can't do this. Mm. Proactively saying, I'm not going to do this because that's not how I'm feeling right now. Yes. That can be mad hot. My, I've mentioned him twice now in the podcast. That gives me two points. Uh, my boyfriend, when I first met him on the first date, at the end of the first date, I said to him, just so you know, I'm trying not to fuck people on the first date at the moment. Um, and he looked at me with this like real surprise and he was like, I wouldn't expect you to. And that was so hot that like where I had expected somebody to sort of maybe slightly nudge me towards it. Cause we'd had, you know, we'd had a great time. We had good rapport. I would have expected him to maybe nudge me towards coming back to his or whatever that he just so confidently went, I wouldn't expect you to fuck me on the first date. And then on our second date, I think I said something like, I'm a bit I'm a bit too drunk tonight to fuck well. So maybe <laughs> we shouldn't fuck tonight. And Been he, there. yeah, right. And he immediately like made noises about going home. He was like, no problem. We'll have another date. We'll do it. And at that point I was like, oh, fuck it. Come back to mine anyway. And we'll just make mm. out. Um, and I think that level of, yeah, being able to say no with confidence and say, I like you, but I need a bit more connection and a bit more intimacy. So what we're going to do is we're going to give this some time. We're going to value this, this thing that we are building. And I'm going to say we haven't quite built it to a place where I'm ready to have sex yet, but I'm willing to put in some more effort if you are like, let's give it a go. I think that's really hot. And I think that's so, it makes a person so compelling. Um, yeah. But but the the being expected to, you know, other people aside, you know, people in our line of work, 
I do feel like there's sometimes that expectation or an expectation. Like it's almost mm. like, well, he fu- he's done all this fucking. Like, why does he want to fuck me right now? And yeah. um, you know, so I just I think that the the work can sometimes complicate things. And I just I just haven't really been in the position of feeling like this in so long that I think I've just kind of forgotten how to say. Like I used to have prepackaged lines. I think in my head of like what I how I would communicate all that, and I just just haven't really needed them in, since pre-2020 right and so I'm just, i guess i'm just like out of practice of saying yes i do want to go home with you i don't want to do this particular thing and yet there's a lot of other fun stuff i'm sure we can get up to yeah and that in itself i think is really hot good for you mm. for being able to say it and good for you for recognizing that that's what you need because i think for a lot of people i mean we're lucky because in our line of work we get a lot we get the luxury of time to think about sex and to consider properly how we actually feel and examine our desires and this that and the other but even still it can be so hard to admit it particularly when what we have to admit is I'm just not feeling it right now um so yeah good for you for uh for admitting it yeah and then hopefully in the meantime I will still have like uh, <laughs> enough to say about myself to entertain these fuckers or uh, <laughs> or or uh, you know I'll just hopefully keep highlighting awesome people like you who can uh, share y'all stories while I uh, <laughs> uh, wait to create more. But <laughs> what's also funny is that for you and me, not just like pr- with our professional lives, but also like, you know, we've been plenty slutty is that like our version of like, I'm just having like barely any sex is still like more than like a lot of people in the gen pop. You know, like, I'll yeah. be like, I'm on a dry spell. It's been three months and people will be like, fuck you. <laughs> it's been uh, three years for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I think I had a friend, I had a friend say this to me. It was some point over the summer. I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm just really struggling. Like I haven't had sex for ages. And she was like, wait a minute. Didn't you suck a dick at Glastonbury last week? Oh yes, I did. I sucked a dick at Glastonbury. Like I said, it's been ages. <laughs> <laughs> Frame of reference is a little out of whack. But um, yeah, I appreciate you, you know, uh, talking through some of this with me. And uh, thank you so yeah. much for having me on the show. Oh, always. I'm a big fan. Uh, big fan. You get the great voice. I can't wait. Maybe one th- question. Is your chin as pointed as in the avatar? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. The avatar is not particularly. I don't know. I mean, I guess the avatar is so generic. It's not really that like me. Yeah. Um, but if you I, like, I crave any physical description. Anytime, like you've tweeted, son, that has like two words that maybe is gonna give me something to put onto the the doll that is my vision <laughs> of what you look like. Ah, you know, it's and, a, which on its own, very very hot. It's like a slow edging reveal. <laughs> oh, I like it. No, that's good. I tell you what, if you want something for your show notes, I will send you a link to <sighs> a picture. An illustration on my blog that I think looks like me and also to a photograph that I posted on Mastodon because I'm trying to encourage people to follow me on Mastodon rather than on Twitter. (laughs) I have a sort of semi-saucy photo that I took when I was on holiday that I posted on Mastodon. So I will send you those two links and you can stick them in the show notes if you want and encourage people to follow me on Mastodon because Twitter is dying. Gotten. I would love <laughs> that. Yes, please send over. But for now, you know, where can people go to find you, follow you, and 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 try to suss out, you know, what your left earlobe might look like? <laughs> for now, the best place to find all of my work is girlonthenet.com. Subscribe by email because social media is making life more and more difficult every day that goes past past for sex creators. So girlonthenet.com mm-hmm. is where you'll find everything. And your mastodon is 
mastodon.social slash at girl on the net. It's a bit of a mouthful. You'll find it on the, there's links to Mastodon from the website. The website's the best place to go. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Well, uh, Gotten, thanks so much for chatting. Congrats on the boyfriend. Thanks. And, uh, <laughs> and why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me. The best place to discuss this week's show is in the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room. Our super free, super fun, when Billy's not sharing sad stuff, super sex positive Discord server. Don't get thrown off by the word Discord. I know, I know, I know. We are in an era of of trying new platforms. And I got to say, Discord has been uh, my favorite discovery. In fact, I, I hate that we didn't switch over to Discord long, long ago. Introduce yourself today. Maybe share how does mental health affect your sex life at manwhorepod.com slash discord or uh, click the link in the show notes. You can also send me an email with your comments, your questions, uh, your share to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Like I said, we are in an era of, uh, of shifting platforms. So do make sure you are following me in some places. I am on Instagram and now on threads at Billy is Presida. Uh, I am on TikTok. I was cool enough to get an invite to spill. And yes, I am still on the platform I will only call Twitter at the Billy Presida. Last but certainly not least, the best way you can support the Man Whore podcast with your dollars and not just your downloads is on Patreon. You receive a slew of great rewards and you're supporting an independent content creator like myself. You can become a member today, support the pod, I hope you kind of love at least, at patreon.com slash podcast. And if you're really stubborn about Patreon, if you've got some sort of uh, axe to grind with it, look, my Venmo, my cash up, they're in the notes. All right, everybody, next week I got a totally normal episode, a totally normal recently recorded episode. I swear I am back. I've got Adderall. Thank you, Tracy, for that. Enjoy yourselves, connect with somebody, and stay slutty.